As Carolina begins the back half of conference play, they've got a huge week ahead of them. Hosting Pitt on Wednesday, looking for big-time revenge, and then the trek across to Hansborough Indoor Stadium on Saturday. It's go time. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, January 30th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining me to kick off this week. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up on today's show, the Carolina women picked up another road win. They're on a stretch. And then several other Tar Heel teams are off to a strong start this spring. But first, Carolina, the men's basketball team, exactly halfway through conference play. Seven and three, got 10 more games in front of them. Exactly five weeks left in the regular season. And Selection Sunday is six weeks from yesterday, Sunday. How is that real? But it is. It's all happening and it's coming so quick. Buckle up, folks. It is time for the stretch run. Now, what I want to do today is just kind of set the stage for these final five weeks of the regular season. Make sure we're ready for conference tournament and all this kind of stuff where things are at. So to, to set the stage for that, have the Tar Heels lived up to preseason expectations? Nope. At least, you know, according to being preseason number one. Are they in the exact position they would like to be in? No. But are are they in a bad place? No. Is all hope lost? Absolutely not. Can the Heels still win the ACC regular season? 100% they can. They don't 100% control their own destiny, but very close to doing so. Let's unpack it. Carolina, again, the Tar Heels have 10 regular season games remaining. Currently, they're in fourth place all alone in the ACC. They are a half game behind Pitt. So there you go. Massive game on Wednesday night upcoming. I don't have to tell you how big that game is. And then they're a half game ahead. The Tar Heels are of NC State and Miami, who just lost this weekend. Um, So there is that. Now, they're the three teams ahead of the Tar Heels, Clemson 10 and 1, Virginia 8 and 2, and Pittsburgh 8 and 3. The Tar Heels are currently 7 and 3. Would you like to know what Carolina has in common with all three of those teams ahead of them? They have one game remaining with all three of them. And that game with all three of those teams is inside the Smith Center. You hear that? Carolina plays one game against the three teams in front of them. They play Clemson once in the Smith Center. They play Virginia once. It's in the Smith Center. And Pittsburgh once. It's in the Smith Center. As for the Virginia Pitt games, those are big time because Carolina wants to get that tiebreaker back after losing at Virginia and Pitt. Great opportunity to do so. Now, the reason I said Carolina is very close to controlling their own destiny, the only team they can't catch 
is Clemson. Clemson would have to lose one extra game for Carolina to catch up to them, assuming that Carolina can win. Now, the good thing is that since they only play one time and it's in Chapel Hill, Carolina, if they win, would hold that tiebreaker over the Tigers. That could come into play in a big way. Keep your eyes out on that. Now, as for the teams right behind Carolina, because there's quite a few snipping at their heels. NC State, one more game. The the Wolfpack are a half game back right now, and you know the return game is at Raleigh, so keep your eyes on that. Uh, Miami, a half game back. That game also is at home. So Carolina schedule's breaking a little bit favorably, and that's really nice. Obviously, Duke, uh, one game at each place still this coming Saturday at Cameron, and then to end the regular season, senior night in the Smith Center, and then Wake, who is also just right behind the Tar Heels, is an away game. And so Carolina does have to play at State, at Duke, at Wake, which is pretty funny with the other North Carolina teams. But uh, outside of that, against the teams right in that mix, the schedule breaks really nicely. Well, here's the thing with all this. So of Carolina's final 10 games, games against the teams right around them make up eight of those 10. So we're going to get this thing figured out. And Carolina is going to do that by how they play head to head against these teams. They've got to be ready of the other two. They're both road games, Notre Dame further down the rankings, but that game is there in South bend. And then the other game is at Florida state where Carolina always has a little bit of trouble and they almost knocked off Clemson down there in Tallahassee over the weekend. All this to say, there is a lot yet to be determined. Uh, it, let's be honest. We, we would love for Carolina to go 10-0. It's going to be very difficult. But the same is true for other teams in the mix, right? Like each team is highly likely to take on at least one more loss. Remember, the Carolina finished the regular season with eight losses last year. They're at six right now. So, Everything is still in front of the Tar Heels. They, I legitimately believe that if they carry on with what they're doing right now, can get a little bit healthy, there, there are opportunities to win the ACC regular season championship outright. I, I legitimately believe that, and, and you can too. Now, I think right now Virginia is the team that has the outside track to do it. I'm just saying I think the Tar Heels are right there and can uh, get into that. Now, as you look ahead, obviously I said this week is big. Here's the other, to me, most important stretch of the remainder of the regular season. Here's a three-game stretch. Carolina hosts Clemson on February 11th. So that's a Saturday. Tigers in first place right now. That Monday, so a quick turnaround, Carolina hosts Miami. So that's important. Carolina has a Saturday-Monday turnaround, but both games are at home. No travel for that. So, Versus Clemson, Saturday, uh, February 11th, Tigers are in first place. Two days later, Monday, Carolina hosts Miami on February 13th. Uh, Miami's tied for fifth, a half game back of the Tar Heels. And then that Sunday, at the end of that week, Carolina goes to NC State. That'll be an interesting Sunday afternoon game. And then obviously NC State is that other team that's just a half game back behind the Tar Heels right now. And so circle those three games on your calendar because that's going to be really, really, really important for what 
Carolina hopes to do. My guess is that following that Sunday afternoon, after Carolina finishes at NC State, we're going to know just about exactly what kind of position the Tar Heels are in down the stretch. For this 10-game stretch, as I look at it, I would love the Tar Heels to go undefeated, 10-0. That would be phenomenal. I think a more probably realistic look at the schedule says 8-2. Uh, just the Tar Heels have not yet yet shown the consistency to lead me to believe that they could reel off 10 more straight. Do they have the talent? Absolutely they do. And I, I think that is a very legitimate thing that's out there. But looking at how they've performed to this point and looking at the schedule ahead, I'm, I think it is a very safe place to put Carolina at eight and two. And we'll have to watch to see what actually happens. Interestingly enough, if Carolina goes eight and two down the stretch, that would give them the exact same regular season record as last year, losing eight games heading into the postseason. So what, what exactly does Carolina need to do in this final 10 game stretch to get to these points? And what's, what's the postseason outlook? What does it seem like the kind of seed the Tar Heels will get? All of that kind of stuff. I'm just going to drop a little primer right here because that's what we're going to talk about more on tomorrow's show. So get ready for that where I lay out a couple things that I think this is what Carolina needs to do down the home stretch. Well, coming up in just a second, I want to unpack for you our Four Corners recap of Carolina women's team's victory on Sunday at Clemson. Big time stuff there. All of that coming up. But first, I need to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel right now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to, hear me, $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads, who will score a touchdown, parlays, all of this stuff. The FanDuel Sportsback app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. It is my go-to. I love FanDuel for like daily fantasy stuff. That's where I always check in. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Oh man, Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Make sure you Come tune in to get inside analysis from the hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft on, for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure to tune into that. All right, Courtney Banghart's Tar Heels team. They win at Clemson on Sunday afternoon, 69-58. The ladies are now 16-5 and overall, 7-3 and in ACC play. You might recall that they started off 0-3. What does that mean? The Tar Heels are on now a seven-game winning streak. 
They're in a current streak of four of five on the road. They just finished the second one. They're two and zero oh in that. the The middle of it is a road, a home game. Excuse me, and so get a little bit of a breather coming up later this week. The Tar Heels are now up to fourth in the ACC, just like the guys' team, and perhaps most importantly, Duke and Notre Dame, who Carolina has beaten both, were at just one loss. They've both taken another, which means that Carolina is now only one game back out of first place in the ACC and holds currently the tiebreaker over both of those teams. Great news there. What I love to see in this environment with Carolina going on the road to Clemson, the Tigers are right near the bottom of the ACC standings. And and what you got to do, whether at home or on the road, is you got to go and you got to take care of business against the teams you got to take care of business against. And Clemson was one of those. And that's exactly what Carolina did. Now, Clemson's no pushover. They had beaten Virginia Tech, who's ranked very highly nationally. And so um, Carolina did a great job getting out of there with this win. So I want to give you our four corners recap. Uh, First thing a note, though, Eva Hodgson missed her second straight game with a non-COVID illness. We will keep tabs on that. All right, four corners recap. Here we go. Number one, this is great news, uh, both for this young woman and for Carolina's basketball team. Kayla McPherson made her collegiate debut on Sunday afternoon. She's a redshirt freshman, checked in midway through the first quarter and just had some great moments. Um, Her first points came with just over two minutes left in the quarter, had a driving uber athletic and one hit the free throw to complete it. Um, And then a little bit later had made a three-pointer, And so I had six points there in that first quarter. Um, And so quickly, right out of the gate, you see how strong she is. You see how confident she is. Coming out of high school, um, McPherson um, had had a knee injury and so still has been coming back and coming back and coming back, but was McDonald's All-American, was the Georgia High School Player of the Year, averaged 36 points per game in high school. Yeah, you heard me right. 36 was her average coming out of high school. And so adding someone of this caliber, a true point guard at this point in the season, it could mess up some things, you know, like team chemistry, whatever it may be, but the potential to be added here is huge. And so if, if Carolina is able to work her in well, um, it can mean great things for this team. Now, you're going to have some great freshman moments. You're going to have some, oh, freshman moments. Uh, there was a play where she just straight up like stripped the ball away from a Clemson player underneath the basket and then went and kicked it off her foot on the other end. And so you get that within like five seconds of each other. You see a, a play like this playing out and like, oh, yeah, that's a freshman. So that that's going to be a thing. But the good news is watching her to my eyeball test, it seems that she trusts her body. Um, you know, that that psychological aspect of trying to get back from injury that that takes a while. And so I, I didn't really see that with her on Sunday. In fact, she w- went down at one point and was slow to get back up, but played more and, and was right back in there. And so I am encouraged by that. Four corners point number two. You always got to look to see, hey, can we get a good start on the road? And that's something Carolina has struggled with a bit of late is getting out to slow starts and then having to do stuff in the third quarter. Well, that worry was not one in this game. The Tar Heels started out the game eight to nothing run. 
finished the fourth, uh, the first quarter, excuse me, outscoring Clemson 20 to nine. And so great start. You love it. But then it kind of went downhill from there a little bit. The Tar Heels were sluggard is the word I'm going to use to start the second quarter. Just took a while, a while to get going there. Zero points for the first 551. They got a uh, free throw at that point. And then zero field goals for the first 619 of that second quarter. But then they came alive. Paulina Paris had back-to-back-to-back threes. Yes, three of them. And Carolina, as a team, scored 16 points in the final 445 of the quarter. You know what? I flipped some numbers there. Zero points for the first 515 of the quarter. Not first 551. But, man, uh, Carolina, slow start to that second quarter after a great first quarter, but then really turned it on heading in to halftime. And so... um, Love, love to see that there from Carolina, what the, the offense came alive. And we've seen, we've seen some of that streakiness, but knowing what Carolina has done in the fourth quarter all this season, uh, you, that looked very favorable for the Tar Heels. Now, the problem was, four corners point number three, Clemson in the third corner in the th- of, our, of our four corners recap, went on a 17-0 run at one point to cut Carolina's 22-point lead down to four. Yes, four. Finally, Alyssa Utsby stemmed the tide, got an offensive rebound and put back. Um, but man, season low, seven points for Carolina in that quarter. Um, but you knew that fourth quarter was coming and you expected Carolina to do what they do. And they did outscoring Clemson 26. Yes, 26 to 19 in the fourth quarter. Fourth of part of our four corners recap is it was a career day for Paulina Paris, who stepped in to start for Eva Hodgson, who was out 22 points for the true freshman, six of 12 from three um, and had another one or two that almost went down. And so great day uh, for Paulina Paris, continuing to just grow and grow and grow. Obviously, some freshman mistakes from her here and there. You're going to get that. But she is really growing in bigger ways. And so that is your four corners recap. Now, as for our shady stat of the game, <laughs> it is this. While Carolina's offense can sometimes be a bit streaky, that defense is typically right there. And to that point, Carolina held Clemson to 17 points. Not in the first quarter not in the second quarter, the entire first half. Clemson scored nine in the first quarter, eight in the second quarter. That's right. The Tar Heels, once again, hear this, held their opponents to just 17 points in the entire first half. Great stuff there from the Tar Heel defense. And that is what they're going to have to continue to rely on, in part because for me, Carolina's potential fatal flaw this season is just that that undersizedness that they have. Again, there's not a true dominant big that you can believe in uh, or not necessarily not believe in. That's not what I want to say, but that's going to get it done game in and game out. It is this all in all, all hands on deck guard play. That's going to get it done for Carolina. Now, if they can use that to their advantage, great. But I, I fear in a, in a tournament setup where you got to win six in a row that there's going to be one of those opponents who can exploit that with 
uh, use of their own big. And so that's something to keep an eye on of how Coach Banghart works around those things. Next up for the Tar Heels, they host Virginia Thursday night, 6 Eastern time. Another bottom tier ACC team and one that Carolina's already beaten on the road, although in a close game. So once again, same thing. You got to take care of business against the teams you got to take care of business against. Um, for Virginia, they started off 12-0 and this season, but have struggled mightily since. And so Carolina just needs to keep that train rolling. Well, coming up here to wrap up the show today, want to take a tour of the rest of Carolina athletics this weekend. Some rad stuff happened, including someone winning at the highest stage of sport. You love to see that. All right. A weekend tour of Carolina athletics. Obviously, we've already talked about the women's basketball team, but want to fill you in on other things that were happening, including someone that is no longer currently enrolled at Chapel Hill. And that is tennis player Rinky Hinjikata. Like you guys, this is so rad. Uh, he is in his second professional season out of playing for Carolina men's tennis. He is a native Aussie and so cool getting to play in the Australian Open. What happened? Well, this 21-year-old young man won Australian Open doubles in his second year as a professional, in his second ever Grand Slam playing in doubles, out of a wild card position, wasn't even in the main draw. He and his partner, fellow Aussie Jason Kubler, who, by the way, had never played an event together before, got together, played this event, worked their way out of the wild card, uh, which I don't know if you know much about how you do that getting into the Grand Slam main bracket for tennis, but it is no easy task. And so the fact that they were able to do that is so rad. Anyway, 21 years old, Rinki Hijikata comes and wins doubles at the Australian Open. You'll love to see that. And on the way, they beat number six in the second round, the number one team in the quarterfinals, and the number eight team in the semifinals. And so just great stuff. And, and you love to see uh, a Tar Heel winning like a world championship at the professional level. Great job. And congrats, Rinky. Keep it going. Let's stay with tennis a little bit. Women's tennis, you probably are aware, is a dominant, dominant team this year. They're number two in the nation behind only Texas. Uh, many, including myself, would speculate if that's the right ranking. But at this point in the season, what are you going to do? Being number two and getting first place votes isn't the worst thing in the world. Tar Heels are 9-0. and They beat this weekend both Charlotte and Maryland as part of the ITA kickoff event, which means now that they advance to the championships, which will be in Seattle coming up February 10th through 13th. Carolina has won the last three of those and six of the last 10. So uh, looking to, for a four-peat in the ITA national event, and then obviously still trying to get that elusive NCAA championship at the end of this season. In between that, before they head up to Seattle, big time match coming up on Wednesday. The women's tennis team hosts number six, Georgia. This is a great barometer for the ladies to see where they're at. That's coming up at five o'clock. Make sure you go support the Tar Heels. 
Going back to men's tennis, we already talked about Rinky, who is no longer there, but the Tar Heels are number 17 in the nation right now. They're three and one. They lost at South Carolina last weekend, who's eighth in the nation. Totally a respectable outcome there. But they were also in the ITA kickoff event this weekend, beat Oklahoma State 4-0 on Saturday. I forgot to say the women blanked both opponents. They played 4-0. And then coming up on Sunday, the Tar Heels played Harvard, who's number 13 in the nation. So a bit of a tougher draw there. I mean, you heard me say the Tar Heels are ranked 17th, so you're the underdogs. Well, took the doubles point and then won the whole thing 4-1. So the men's team also will be heading on to the ITA championship round, which for the guys will be in Chicago uh, the weekend of February 17th through 20th. So the women one weekend, the guys the next should be a lot of fun. For the guys team, they next host Illinois next Saturday at 4 PM. Couple other sports in action this weekend. Wrestling beat Virginia on Friday. They had won at Duke the Friday before. Spanked both of those teams, honestly. 37 to 6 over Duke and 30 to 9 over Virginia. Great stuff there for the Tar Heels, who are 6 and 6 overall, but 2 and 0 in ACC matchups. And so that is great news for the wrestling team. Love to see the start they're off to. They head up to Pittsburgh this coming Friday, looking to go three and oh. The gymnastics team was in action this weekend, beat George Washington on Saturday by less than a point. Wild stuff there. They are now 2-0 in Eagle competition. You might be unfamiliar with that. There is no ACC gymnastics conference yet. That's coming because there are currently only three ACC teams that compete in gymnastics and you need at least four. So Carolina is in the Eagle Conference, E-A-G-L. The other typical ACC teams are NC State and Pitt. And then there's other teams. Well, George Washington is one of those. And so Carolina defeated them and are now 2-0 in Eagle competition. The other was a victory over NC State previously. That was also by less than a point, I should say. Next Saturday, the Tar Heels are in Raleigh for the NC State Tri-Meet, where they will take on NC State again, and then Western Michigan, um, although that that part of the uh, Tri-Meet is not uh, Eagle Conference. Western Michigan's in a different conference. So Carolina Gymnastics, 5-2 and two overall, and a reminder that next year there will be an ACC Conference for gymnastics because Clemson is adding women's gymnastics. And so we will get to see that coming in the action. Uh, also swimming and diving was in action this weekend. Both the men's team and the women's team beat Duke on Friday. You love to see that. It don't matter what sport it is. And then coming up, they will be in Charlottesville for the Cavalier Invitational next weekend. So that's a little bit of a run around Carolina athletics Great stuff. Lots of wins pouring in. Uh, just a couple weeks away from baseball kicking off. Uh, first pitch, I guess, really, we should say opening day there. Should be a lot of fun stuff upcoming this spring. But as for today, that is it for this episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Man, like we said, a big, big week coming up for the men's basketball team. Gotta have this win against Pitt on Wednesday night. Hey, would love for you to hop into Apple and leave a review for the show. If you love Locked on Tar Heels. It would mean so much to us if we could start getting more reviews in the bank there. That's one of the things that just helps draw people to the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Heels or you can follow me at Isaac Shade. Email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com and also don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, or comment on 
the show. And for your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Myself and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. Once again, really appreciate you hanging out with me on a Monday, getting caught up on Carolina athletics, everything going on, lots of teams taking steps in the right direction. I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Hey, until tomorrow, peace. Peace.